everyone to poke and kush it is wednesday october 25th 2023 and it's getting a little spooky out here halloween in full festive full festive mode wonderful to drive through metairie louisiana where everyone loves halloween including you know that guy uh, you know, <laughs> our guy, uh, very good time of year, lovely people, lovely place. I'm in a lovely mood and I'm here alongside my pal, my trusty friendo, Mr. Andrew Polk. I've been working on my Halloween costume. I'm going as a pile of tires from the <laughs> East. You're going to smoke a cigarette all night. Yep. Smoke, double smoking. I'm two fist and cigarettes the whole night. Pile of tires. <laughs> I'm hoping people don't think I'm the Michelin man. <laughs> they will. They will. That's going to be, be like, wait, you guys don't listen to Poking Kush from uh, 18 months ago? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I need like some, ex- I need, I need my lady to dress up as like an old beat up Toyota Tercel <laughs> with like a different color hood, different color trunk, smashed windows. And we're like, no, we're the East. <laughs> Don't you get it? <laughs> that would make that look at this street account thing. That would. Sure. You'd be very popular. I oh, man. So. Skooks would love that. Yeah. Did, uh, did you go to the crew of Boo? No. I don't go to really any of You went of to that. the crew of Jew. I went to the crew of Jew, which is me in my house alone. <laughs> <laughs> me putting my kids to sleep before anything fun happens. Uh, we've done the... Uh, Boo at the zoo? Is that the Halloween one? We did that one once. It was uh, horrible. Like it was like <laughs> I, I'd rather just go to the zoo, but instead they make it this whole it's at event. Is I, I don't even. I honestly can't remember. I think it was during the day, but it was all kids and everyone was dressed up, and it was just the zoo with candy, and it was really crowded. If they want to make it like scary theme, they gotta let some of the animals out. That'd be better. I think so. Or if they let you like take candy from the animals. Yeah, get an elephant to hand yeah. you a Mr. Peanut bar. <laughs> they had the jaguar's teeth stuffed with Starburst, and you had to pull them out. That'd be sick, man. <laughs> like a dangerous game. <laughs> Instead, it's like just some dork standing there handing you candy after you stand there for 20 minutes i'm surprised we don't have more animals escape from the new orleans zoo yeah that's i mean it's probably the most it's among the three or four most competently run places in the entire city yeah i would say so yeah the zoo seems to do a good job it's it's definitely the best zoo in louisiana well (laughs) what a high bar that is That's a high bar. There's a handful of places that I'm always like, you know what? This place could exist on almost any other city. Everything else we do is a complete, either like a quaint shit show, and we like enjoy it for like how ancient it operates and things like that, uh, or it's just run an absolute clownville, and there's a couple places that you're like, this could work almost anywhere, and the only two that are coming to my mind right now are the zoo and the penthouse club. <laughs> <laughs> 
They smell the same. <laughs> Those two places, I feel like, could just kind of operate anywhere they were. This is the, we have world class facilities <laughs> in these two places. We got a good World War II museum. I found the channel uh, clicking through uh, the TV. I don't know if you've ever done this. I know you know like the point whatever. Yeah, twenty six point four. We're big antenna people in this house. Yeah, the antenna people. So one of them is like the channel that the hotels get to like advertise. Like, are you you know? Oh, you're in New Orleans. You should go eat at Bruce Hards or something. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like. Two schmucks sitting there eating, be like, mmm, crawfish. Uh, <laughs> there was one for Rick's. Whoa. And it was just like a guy, the owner of Rick's, sitting like at a table. It was Rick? It was Rick. I don't. His name wasn't Rick, unfortunately. But it was just the guy who's an owner sitting in his suit at the table. And then it's just B-roll footage of fully clothed strippers <laughs> dancing around. A, and I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And this is sandwiched in between the fan boat tours. Yes. And like a pirate ship you can get on. Yes. Like the tour before it was like a uh, some sort of French quarter tour or like an art market mm-hmm. type thing. And then it was Rick's Cabaret. I was watching my wife. I was like, can you believe any? What is going on here? How did they convince this guy to pay for this spot? I mean, it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> You're talking about it right now on Falk and Kush. You're giving free advertisement. Over 40,000 listeners are hearing about Rick's Cabaret right now. Dude, it was incredible. It was these, and of course, like their definition of like what a classy gentleman in the place looked like, all looked like dudes who just came off a riverboat, but you put them in a tie. <laughs> it was like there was no other, just, it was all like guys with fade haircuts and like neck tattoos, but they were also in a shirt with a tie. And then all the girls were wearing like a dress that in any other walk of life would be considered unbelievably slutty. But because it's a strip club, you'd be like, well, that's like the nicest dressed person you've ever seen inside of anything like this. So it was a uh, and the guy's just like, we're just here for good entertainment. We're here to provide entertainment for you and a great night and a fun time. It's like. What are, what is going? Who's watching this? A people that can't afford a VPN <laughs> and don't want to upload their driver's license to a pornographic website. It's just like I can't believe they're advertising. And the, this guy's just talking very. And you casually. guys are enraptured. I know. I, well, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was like, this, it was like five full minutes of an advertisement for Rick's Cabaret. Uh, Who's sitting at the hotel being like, you know, I, I didn't know what I was going to do tonight, but this guy's pretty convincing. I guess me and the wife will head over to Rick's. <laughs> There's plenty of guys that get off a tugboat. <laughs> but that's that's just like not what the target audience was. It was very odd. It was like, this is a classy experience. It's, like, it's literally the equivalent of like advertising to go to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Well, maybe we can go there tomorrow and ask them. And see if they'll sponsor our be show. Be like, hey, guys, um, we saw the commercial. Uh, we'd like 10% off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically our podcast, right? Every time we give you a dollar, can you just give us 10 cents back? Uh, so... Anyway, that was a lot of talk of strip clubs. I don't know how we got there or why I did that, but that's where we're at. We were talking about the New Orleans Hotel Channel thing. Yes. And the point channels. If you put it on like 22.2, it's just a channel that shows F Troop 24 hours a day. They're awesome. You know that it's just like nursing home television. Yeah, what? I don't even understand what they are. 
I, I don't know either. Like I was in college or I had something to do whenever the point channels came out. <laughs> yeah. Like I have no idea where they came from. I just know that now there's a channel on my TV that plays mama's family eight hours a day. <laughs> there's a bounce TV. There's yeah. one that just shows Westerns all the time. Mm-hmm. And you got to really like it's you, called the everything used to be better channel. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, the MAGA point <laughs> MAGA decimals. Um, the pr- craziest part of it, though, is that I have an Apple TV, right? That has access to 100,000 episodes of television and movies. Mm-hmm. Endless supply of blockbuster hits. Anything and, you want and whatever I want. And meanwhile, I'm flipping through. A forty-eight-year-old episode of Gunsmoke. <laughs> like this is pretty good. Oh, all right, whatever. I'll take it <laughs> like, because it's on. I'm watching the Hotel Channel. Be like, you know, it sounds good. Uh, an art market. That's how, <laughs> we should go do that. That sounds like a great time. You can make your own, uh, you know, beignet paintings. That sounds awesome. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to go do right now. Yeah, go paint a floor de lis while drinking a bottle of wine. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's up for uh, ninety-eight dollars. I think I can't think of a better way to spend an hour. Well, I haven't really watched any TV this week, but I did see the new Martin Scorsese movie, Ooh. Killers of the Flower Moon. Thoughts? Incredible. Really. Man. Fantastic. I just assumed it was going to be bad. No, it's like uh, it's like the Godfather, Goodfellas, Forrest Gump, and there will be blood all mixed together. Whoa. It's three and a half hours. I didn't look at my watch once. What? I didn't look at my phone. I was completely enraptured. In the theaters? Yeah. Okay. And oh okay. my God, it was the best. It was the best movie theater experience I've ever had in New Orleans. Were you the only one there? There were a couple other people there. Okay. They didn't say a fucking word. <laughs> Nobody had the Yogi Bear picnic basket, <laughs> clanking utensils. Nobody was pulling out bags of like cattle corn that yeah. they snuck in. It was just old people uh-huh. who were sad and trying to like get out of the <laughs> rain. Middle of the day? It was it no, my I go to the earliest one possible okay. to avoid the youth. That's at like eleven AM? This one was, uh, yeah, ten fifty. That's odd. I didn't even know they had movies that started that early. I would go to an eight a.m. movie if they had it. <laughs> my, my, they used to have them. That yeah, early. yeah. My entire going out schedule is based solely around how can I avoid the most people. <laughs> All right, I'm going to see a three and a half hour movie that nobody really knows what it's about at ten a.m. in Kenner yeah. on on a Sunday. <laughs> How much is a movie? Like Twelve bucks? Ten bucks? Yeah, exactly. That's reasonable. But you go in there and you just paid full price just to show them who you are. I, I, I haven't been. Here's to, a twenty. Keep the change. I've probably been to. I think I saw Oppenheimer, and before that, I don't think I've been to movies since COVID. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen often. I have a lot of children. In order to pay for like a babysitter for me to go to a movie, it has to be a really bizarre circumstance. Yeah. Like I could do, I have very limited time. Well, there's been two good movies in the last three years. So that also, I think you're doing all right. Yeah, we're doing okay. The Barbie movie, of course, is what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Number one. Um, do you want to start today? We have two depressing franchises to talk about. One has yet to lose a game. The other continues to lose games. Would you like to start talking about the Pelicans or talking about the Saints? Let's get the Saints out of the way. Let's talk about the Saints. I'm not going to harp on it because everyone knows what it is. First of all, I don't know if you were on Twitter during the game. I was very drunk, 
Yeah. And I, I was, was refreshing your feed. I was going wild between every drive because I was with friends. And I was like, okay, what can I say now? Because it was exactly how I felt. I was not wrong in anything I said. Correct. I was being an enormous douchebag yeah. on Twitter. But it was uh, very real. It is an, an, a very excruciating experience to watch in person. You didn't say anything that I saw that I disagreed with. You said, fire everybody. Uh-huh. I you, said you were lied to. You were lied to. Um, I'm going to pee my pants. I think I said Mickey Loomis should play a little bit more golf that around was draft time. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff is funny and good. <laughs> were you getting... Tr- I noticed you took a sabbatical until like today. I did. I, was, I went out of town. Yeah. And I didn't want to touch it. Okay. So I did. I just completely... All those Polk and Kush tweets lost into the ether? <laughs> because I didn't... Because you didn't retweet them? There. Yeah. No, I deleted it off my phone and I was like, oh, I'm going to... Com- I'm staying away. I'm trying to get my. But you tw- got your bonehead friends egging you on. Oh, for sure. Is this what you're blaming? This is no, your, uh, no, 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 no. Zan- it was all this me. is your Roseanne Xanax. Believe me, they didn't care at all that I was tweeting. I was very amused that I was showing them the tweets, and they were like, <laughs> "Stop showing me your phone. I don't care." <laughs> I also had a hundred beers. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I was booing lustily. But for whatever reason, that just gets lost in the ether when you really can get on Twitter and just start hammering them. And then you get the occasional person who's like, you're such a negative douchebag. And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. They're really bad. And then I thought they were going to win. Would you like like a refund? (laughs) Well, stop following me, you baby. Then I thought they were going to win. I was like, well, this is going to look bad in the morning. (laughs) I was like, this is not going to be great. Well, I think the city of New Orleans is happy they lost so we could keep our dignity. (laughs) I was very excited when they got the two-point. I was convinced they were going to win at that point. They came all the way back. They hadn't gotten a completion, it felt like, the whole game. You're 114 beers deep at this point. Yeah, I think I started at noon, and the game ended at like 11. Mm -hmm. So it was a day, Um, and it was great. A beautiful day in New Orleans. Truly, like, there's just certain cities where you can do this on a weekday, and it doesn't feel that weird, and it's so much fun. And to go out with a group and have a full day of, like, Partying as if it's, you know, Lundy Gras and it's just Thursday in October. Yeah. Like the, there's just not a lot of places where you could do it and pull it off. Um, and it was awesome. I had a great time. New Orleans is just amazing at that exact experience. Uh, the Saints game outside of like, you know, the actual game play uh, was awesome. Love being in the dome. All these things are great. And it's just so disappointing that it has to come down to like, man, the offense is so hard to watch and you just feel like nothing's ever going to happen. But listen, in the fourth quarter, they moved the ball very well. Mm-hmm. And it, I was a little impaired, but it seemed like all they needed to really do was go to the hurry up, make the decisions a little bit simpler, make the reads a little bit quicker and keep kind of the defense on their heels a little bit, and that allowed Derek Carr some space to operate. They got up and down the field at least twice, was it three times? Like, all of a sudden, after not being able to do anything the whole game, in the hurry up, the offense really seemed to click, and you kind of finally saw the amount of weapons that they have and their ability to be used. 
But there was still something lacking in the choices being made around those weapons. I mean, the game ended on a fade past Chris Olave. You've you've got people shouting from the rooftops, hey, why the fuck is Jimmy Graham on this team if you're not going to at least just have him be a body in the end zone, even True. as a decoy? Yeah. And it seemed like when the Saints went to the well and got Taysom and Kamara involved, they had uh, more progress than they did in the first three and three-quarter quarters. Yeah. And then on the last drive, Taysom and Kamara vanished. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... It's, it's bad decision-making, and... But it, they threw a touchdown pass. Yes. He actually threw a touchdown pass. Foster Moore dropped the ball. Yeah. Your neighbor. That's true. So because he lived close to you, <laughs> he dropped the ball, and therefore he is a, he caught loseritis from you. So congratulations. Uh, sorry about that, Foster. Um the original Foster's, Bud Light Lime Studio. Why? Why was Foster even involved? Like, uh, why, I why is Jimmy Graham not in that spot? I mean, Juwan Johnson has not been at a game this season, yeah, as far I, as I can remember. I guess he's hurt. And this is the game where we're going to go. Hey, we'll we'll do all the Juwan Johnson plays, yeah. but with this other guy in there instead. Yeah. Now, yeah, he could have caught the ball, but the whole game was bullshit, and it, it's not on him. No, that's definitely true. And if they in. I think if they would have caught it, they still would have kicked the extra point. They probably think, would have missed the yeah. extra point and they would have lost anyway. There is no way on earth that the Saints would have gotten two two-point conversions in one game. There is absolutely no physical way that would have happened. They were only down seven, though, right? No. I think they would have kicked the extra point, but I, they probably would have missed the extra point, number one. And then number two, they certainly would have lost the game in overtime. Yeah. So, <laughs> in that regard, because they wouldn't have been in a hurry up anymore, and they would have just lost. Um, it, it really, I mean, the Jaguars fumbled a punt. On, they fumbled twice on one drive. I think we scored three points It was out the of it. first two. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, they fumbled twice, and we got three points. And then I, did he, is that when he missed the field goal? Yeah. Uh, oh my I mean, God. The, the Saints should have been up 21 to nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. That first drive, they were in the red zone on that. Nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, and then two muffed punts back to back in a row. That's insane. Yeah. I, statistically, no team has ever lost a game where they had two or three turnovers in their favor, where they had more yards, more rushing yards, more passing yards. Yeah. It, it, it was a statistical anomaly. Yeah. Well, the, the Saints could not convert a third down uh, if their life depended on it. And it was hard to watch, man. And as bad as it seemed, it was really hard for you to watch. You had to watch it twice. No, I was, vision. it was way easier for me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I was having a great time. I was very excited to boo. I was very excited to tweet. I was very excited to laugh. Did you see all of the sad saints characters becoming memed? <laughs> like Apollo Creed was no. like, he was like wiping a tear away with a boxing glove. <laughs> I didn't see that. I haven't seen Joker this season. I think he's been arrested. Yeah, no, he probably was a, a gay dad. He had to move to, you know, some state that that they're nicer to him. <laughs> um, he wrote a letter to NOLA.com. Um, I don't know, man. It, it is... It, it, they're just a bad... They're a bad team. Yeah. Okay? I don't know what else there is to say. We've known they're a bad team. Uh we all thought Derek Carr would be an improvement over Andy Dalton. He's not. I mean, he's basically the same thing as Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. All their problems are essentially the exact same. And then J.T. O'Sullivan, 
you know, the former Saints quarterback who does that podcast, the quarterback guru podcast, uh, did like a 40 minute breakdown. Did you watch that? No, he did like a Jeff Duncan wrote a column. On I have it too, too which much. Was great. I have too much stuff to do. I would not watch the full 40 minutes. <laughs> Jeff Duncan wrote a column on it, too. That was very good. And basically in it, he uh, eviscerates Derek Carr's decision making, which is abhorrent at this point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just the inability to make the throws, it's the inability to see the field clearly, the inability to check down properly. Uh, and you start to understand why guys like Chris Olave and Michael Thomas or whatever are pissed at him and even Alvin Kamara are pissed at him and he's on the sidelines screaming at them and it's just a it's a, a a catastrophe unfolding and all I can do is is think about the play of the day from training camp and be like oh man what what happened there or the guy who revised his uh preseason prediction from 10 wins to 12 wins based on the one drive against the Chiefs in the first preseason game. Like, well, problem solved. Offense is going to be great. It was a good drive. It was a great drive. <laughs> Remember in that. many ways, it was the best drive of the season. That's the Saints equivalent of Jackson Hayes Summer League dunk. <laughs> yes, it is, that is the perfect comparison. Uh, and and I, I, I can no longer muster the... Uh, I'm not actually mad. I just like booing them because I hate the thing that I do hate about this franchise more than anything is their arrogance and the fact that they Dennis Allen is still the coach and he's kept the offensive coordinator and they've done all this under the guys that like, well, we're the Saints. We know what we're doing. Let's look. All these guys have been a part of winning before. And it's like, yeah. That has nothing to do with any of this. Like, they have nothing to do with the fact that you won for all those years. Dennis Allen was a fine defense coordinator. Pete Mar- Carmichael was great with crayons on the sideline standing behind <laughs> Sean Payton as Drew Brees drew up everything. <laughs> They've, you know, like, I, I, the, it's so clear at this point that, like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. The rot is started at the top, and they've... And they're not going to fix it until they address with some level of self-awareness that they've got a problem when it comes to addressing talent. You know, the fact that you can't evaluate the kicker and the punter properly, uh, that feels like the two most obvious spots. Lou Headley stinks, man. And so does Groupie. They're terrible. Terrible. And the fact that you can't evaluate those guys properly seems to be such a glaring example of like, you don't know what you're looking at. And that, because that's an ind- those are independent jobs. Those aren't even dependent on the other players. You screw up an offensive lineman, it's like, yeah, maybe the guy next to him screwed something up or the, or the quarterback held the ball too long and the receiver didn't get open. The kicker and the punter is objective. They are bad. They're bad on their own. The kicks yeah. aren't getting blocked. I was giving Groupie a little credit because I was like, well, we're making him shoot 56 you know, shots a fucking game because the offense can't do anything. Yeah. He's probably worn out. He's got to be kicking more than anybody else in the league at this point from yeah. further away. Yeah. I was proven uh, wrong. Yeah. He's no good. He's no good. He's- and he doesn't seem ready for it. And look, if he made those kicks, they win the game. Yeah. Because then they're at the eight-yard line or the six-yard line with a chance to win the game. So it's even that's after a pick six and all the other, you know, malarkey of bullshit that they've gone through. They're a bad team, man. And look, they might end up winning some games, and the division is still very bad and all these things. But I, I just pray 
that we've all seen enough that no matter how this season ends, they fired Dennis Allen at the end of the year. This is why I was opposed to the Saints coming back in the fourth quarter. Yeah. When it was, you know, 3-21 to 21 or whatever it was, I was like, this, this is it. Yeah. The fans are booing. Yeah. I haven't seen the fans boo the Saints in the Superdome in 20-plus years. Yeah. Booing lustily in the first quarter. Man. I was like, hey, now. When you saw, like, the Popes and stuff booing. Yeah. It was like, okay, this is real. This isn't just two guys on a podcast. People are mad that this team stinks. Yeah. They stink. Yeah. And I really felt like if they just got absolutely steamrolled with the crowd booing, that maybe, just maybe, something good could come of it. Yeah. But that comeback, oh, that, that fucking comeback. I know. It really buried the fans' hopes of any change. This team is going to be exactly the same at the end of this season as it is right now. Yeah. 100%. And look what they're going to say. I mean, I can read it to you if you want. Like, Go ahead. Mickey Loomis is going to stand up there at the end of the season. He'll, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. They're gonna, they're just, we're going to keep Dennis Allen. They're going to fire all the people on the offensive staff. And then they're going to point to all the games that they lost by one score and say, well, look how close we were to winning 11 games. And that and that's what they're going to do. They're going to go, like, well, look, you know, the Texans game, you're right there inside the 20-yard line. You win the game right there. The Jaguars game, you're right there inside the 10-yard line. Packers. All you got to do is make one play. The Packers, you're basically one first down away from winning that game or making a field goal from winning that game. And they're going to point to all these things and say, look how close we are. But it's a lie. We only got blown out by Baker Mayfield. (laughs) It's also just a lie because they're not going to be better next year. There's almost no chance you can be better next year because the, the direction of the talent on the team is getting older and worse. And all the good players are the expensive ones. None of the good players are these like up and coming with the exception of Carl Granderson, who doesn't make much money, but he's not young either. Um, You don't have a lot of guys who have come up from the draft in the last two years that are the ones that are the reason that they're close in these games. It's almost exclusively the old, highly paid guys that are doing it. So, uh, and they're playing bad teams. Mm -hmm. The Packers are a bad team. The Jaguars with, Trevor Lawrence was on one leg. They're not a good team. He was the leading rusher for the Jets. <laughs> he could barely game. move. And the defense does play hard, and I give them credit because, you know, they didn't give up the pick six. That mm-hmm. was completely on the, you know, they weren't perfect, but they were good. And, uh, you know, the, the Titans are a bad team. The Texans are a bad team. These are not good teams that you're playing against. And, look, the Colts are this week. They're not a good team either, so... And Gardner Minshew's the quarterback. Like, you have every opportunity to win that game, too, and they might win it. But it doesn't change anything about who they are, and it I know they're going to try to keep him at the end of the year. It will take an absolute revolt from the players, the fans, maybe even the media. I don't think the media will ever fully buy in on the revolt against Dennis Allen, but they want very badly to not fire him at the end of this year. And all they really need to do is win eight or nine games and be able to point to three or four games where they lost really close and say, look, if we called a different play here or there, things are different. We've got the right guy in charge. We just need to shake a couple things up. And that's what they said the last 
three fucking years when they have sucked and they're going to keep doing it. So they're just going to keep losing close games because they're bad. And I can see the prophecy on the wall. I feel like we call this prophecy in March. Uh, so and March the year before that, <laughs> they are the exact same team. They are mired in mediocrity with a coach who is worse than mediocre, and it is. Uh, and now a quarterback who I mean, we all said Derek Carr is probably middle of the league. He's got to be in the bottom seven or eight guy. He's terrible. There's no upside to Derek Carr. No. Like some of the other quarterbacks that are having off season. Maybe they're young. Yeah. Maybe they're cheap. Derek Carr is neither. Mm-hmm. And he does not appear to be. I think there was some speculation that, oh, oh, Derek Carr is a poised leader. He's going to get in there with his experience of losing one playoff game and yeah. really give these guys a, a captain to look forward to. It, The respect for him is gone. No, he makes uh, Jameis Winston look like Barack Obama. <laughs> Like, Jameis looks like the leader of, that we've all been waiting for. You know, the, the uniter of the, of the team is Jameis Winston. And Jameis is, by all accounts, a, a complete lunatic. Like, you know, or just like the cheesiest person in the world. But he pales in comparison of cheesy, phony, whatever, anything you can say. Yeah. Derek Carr's like a toddler. He's throwing tantrums at guys. He's making speeches that you can see these guys looking at. Like Alvin Kamara and Derek Carr talking to each other has got to be some of the most awkward conversations imaginable. As Alvin Kamara is looking at him, every word that comes out of his mouth is like, you are a loser. Like, you are a loser. Like, at least Drew Brees would pull this crap, but he was not a loser. Yeah. You know? Um, and he would not humiliate his teammates on the sideline. Even when you knew he was furious with them, he wouldn't pull that crap. So Derek Carr is like all the worst things of Drew Brees without any of the winning. I um, I wanted to see Jameis in the last game, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Amazon broadcast was saying, let's put Jameis in there. He was yeah. saying this at halftime. It's yeah. like, what's the difference? I mean... Knowing this organization and knowing how just stuck in the mud and bullheaded and stupid and how stupid they think we are. Yes. We're not going to see anything different. The only difference you're going to see is there's going to be each tackle is going to keep becoming more and more unknown and terrible (laughs) as the injuries keep piling up. The offensive line played like its best game of the season. They were missing half their dudes. Maybe that's the key. Yeah. Trevor Penning got full-on benched for, like, an undrafted rookie who was driving Uber three weeks ago. But he's still got a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It really does hurt me to talk about them. And we'll keep talking about it because it's who they are. It's what they do. I- I'm going to hopefully stop tweeting during the games. Hopefully I'll stop watching the games. Yeah. Uh, because we've got the Pelicans right around the corner. They bring nothing but fun. Good time. Great oldies. Uh, we'll get into them a whole lot. Season starting. As you're listening to this, it's going to be opening night. So we'll talk some Pelicans. And of course, we got local news. So stick around right here. Polk and Polk and Kush is brought to you by Crescent 9 THC Seltzer, a highly satisfying and delicious, refreshing cannabis beverage. If you've been a fan of the show for a while, you know we love Crescent 9 THC Seltzer, so we cannot be more excited about their new strawberry lemonade high-potency THC Seltzer. Deliciously tart, 
refreshingly sweet. It's naturally flavored with fruit juice and puree. It is so tasty, you'll want to keep sipping it. But hey, be warned, this seltzer is highly potent. Each can contains 50 milligrams, 50 milligrams of Delta 9 THC. You heard that, right? This seltzer has 50 milligrams of THC per can divided into 12 servings with 4 milligrams of THC per ounce. This is called walking on the moon. Oh, yeah. This is like ayahuasca for people that wear uh, cowboy hats to music festivals. <laughs> uh, what What has your uh, experience been with this thus far? Has it still just been an eye-opening uh, wonder world that you're walking through? Yeah, I feel like um, every sip I take makes me better at playing bass guitar. <laughs> Um, every can I finish, uh, my dreadlocks become more and more beautiful. <laughs> I'm in a music mood. I, I just, I really like the high potency seltzer because it's a good value. Yes. You can take a little sip, go on a walk, or you can do half a can like I did uh-huh. once and then just go into outer space. <laughs> exactly. Stare at your ceiling and have the greatest night of your entire life. I mean, I... My life is pretty stressful, and I like to relax. And uh, a while back, I realized that relaxing was not drinking 17 Coors Lights. Yeah. And then uh, Uber eating Denny's <laughs> at 3 a.m. That's not actually relaxing. You know what is relaxing? Drinking a tasty, potent seltzer that uh, just makes your brain go... Hey, I should read more. <laughs> you know what's cool? Life. Yeah. No, Everything's that's... great. <laughs> yeah, no. I got to tell that Kush guy to chill out. <laughs> Crescent 9 TH, uh, high potency THC seltzer is federally legal and available for adults from coast to coast. You can order it online at CrescentCanada.com. Or if you don't want to wait the few days for it to ship, you can simply pick some up locally in New Orleans at Simply Cannabis THC Dispensaries. Visit Simply Cannabis Uptown on Magazine Street, on St. Claude the Marigny, and on North Carrollton in Mid-City. You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or taking medication. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Polk and Kush. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Polk and Kush. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777. 
or visit ccpg.org. Please pe- play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, term and responsible gaming resources. Woo! DraftKings. That's a sponsor. Jesus Christ. Yes. Lots of uh, talking. I can't wait to call (laughs) one of those numbers. I just text you know one of them. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um. So I am going to gamble on basketball. I already gambled on basketball tonight. I have zero and one. We're back. Season has begun. (laughs) We're so back. The Lakers uh, have lost uh, to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, As you're listening to this, they lost by twelve. And the Pelicans get started tonight. If you are listening to this as the episode drops, uh, they play the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. It uh, New Orleans is a one and a half point uh, underdog. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Mm-hmm. The Pelicans are dealing with some injury issues. A few, yes, but luckily they're going to be reevaluated in a few weeks, and everything will be fine. So the and if I recall correctly, Jose Alvarado's two weeks ago it was about two weeks ago. So uh, he's he's yeah. back, right? It might have been four weeks ago. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. So he's he's all clear to play. No, uh, it turns out they will reevaluate him in another two weeks. So cue the temptations because it's the same old song with it. It's the same thing over and over again for the Pelicans. Uh, so we still haven't heard about Trey Murphy. He is going to be out. We expect kind of till I guess mid November uh, was the initial reading, which means he'll be out till April. Uh, but the important thing for now is that even though they're already having injury problems, Zion Williamson is supposed to be playing in a regular season NBA basketball game this week. In Memphis, and then home against the Knicks and against the Warriors. What are these motions you're doing with um, your hands? These are my fists of fury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my tribute to Zion <laughs> as I put food toward my mouth. Um, love Zion. I'm very excited to watch him play. I don't know what the Pelicans are going to be this year. I can't remember ever an off season or really the start of a regular season that was met with this much. Uh, of a uh, reaction. Yeah. We'll no, wait and see. Like, uh, no one seems to care. Have you talked to one person who cares that the season is starting? I've I've been hearing voices in my own head recently. Does that count? <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Maybe I don't have any friends anymore. I haven't had. <laughs> because of the Pelicans. Yeah, because of the Pelicans. <laughs> I haven't had anyone text me to express excitement. I haven't had anybody like whether I've been out and about whether I mean, I was out all day and not the game ran into a million people this week, you know, for various things. No one was like, man, Pelicans getting started. Like, what do we think? There's just nobody bothers. Cause there's no intrigue. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone's just waiting to be like, all right, when are they going to get hurt? 
Yeah, I I really haven't talked to anybody that's super excited about the season. I've talked to people that are more excited just about the NBA coming back. Sure. I thought it would have been more just with the Saints being so terrible. Usually that's indicative of how much anticipation there will be for the Pelicans. But this season, I mean, maybe it's just because there's just so much going on, so many disasters. (laughs) happening weekly in the city that people don't have basketball fever yet i mean all it's going to take is one or two games and it'll either be a city on fire loving the pelicans or people just go yep that's what i thought yeah uh you said that you don't know how the season's gonna go i'm probably gonna say that too but i think both of us are lying (laughs) i i think we both know exactly yeah how the season's gonna go i but you have to mix it up for the show. No, but even then, like, look, it's hard to remember because it feels like a long time ago. This exact time last year, everyone was super excited for this team. Yeah. Super excited. It was the the Saints were bad, as they are now, and everyone and the Pelicans had all the momentum in the world coming off of a fun playoff series and after winning the play-in tournament and getting Zion back, and everyone was all fired up. Now this year... Because they finished in ninth place again, and they lost the play-in game the first time. They didn't get a chance to get in the playoffs and have a little you know, opportunity there. Uh, it has sucked all of the fun away from this team. The fact that Zion is you know, bouncing back again. No one has any belief that he is going to play the vast majority of the season. And until he gets to the point where like, he's playing so well that it's undeniable... To be excited by it, I think people are going to remain guarded. Uh, and even if they are able to win a lot, they also looked bad in the preseason, which mm-hmm. didn't help. Um, but I think even if they had won every preseason game by 40 points, people would still be guarded. And they'll be guarded all the way through, really, probably the all-star break. And if they are able to get to that point and have a good record and be a fun team to watch, I think this city will finally be ready to jump in. But right now... The term is caution. It's not even cautious optimism because I don't think anybody's really that optimistic about them. Uh, when really they're the exact same team they were when they were the one seed in the West last year. But because Golden State's got a lot better, Phoenix got a lot better, and Denver was you know became something that I don't think most people thought they'd be. There's not a lot of anticipation about this particular team, but they can certainly be a much better team than everybody's sort of writing them in for now. Mm -hmm. And just focusing on this opener against the Grizzlies, I'm a little surprised that the Pelicans are not favored as John Morant is out forever. Yeah. And Steven Adams is out for the season as well. Yeah. Um, So that shows you nationally, the Pelicans absolutely on a wait and see deal with everybody. The all-star break is the perfect time to either tune in or out of the season. Yeah. Typically, so if you're a casual fan, just hang out, man. <laughs> just wait. Just hang out a little while. You can just wait. I mean, there really is not. I, I, I can't tell if it's just I'm disconnected from it or if people genuinely don't care. The city just seems to be totally out of love with this franchise. But look, I'm looking at the secondary market right now. OK, you can get in. On SeatGeek, not a sponsor yet. Uh, you can get in on SeatGeek with fees for like twenty bucks. 
that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, and uh, I was looking at Golden State tickets. They play the day before Halloween. Yeah. And you could get in for like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. We're talking a Saturday and Sunday night. Uh, the Warriors are still a $200 ticket to get in the building in most arenas. Yeah. Yeah, but Curry hasn't played here in so long. I mean, we're talking a Saturday night opener against the New York Knicks, who are a playoff team, and they are one of the more recognizable brands mm-hmm. in the league, right? To You can sit in the lower bowl. The current value before fees is $40. $40. I, I don't know where else that's occurring in the NBA that's not Orlando, yeah. you know, or places where they kind of have no interest in their team right now. The demand is way off, and it meets kind of what I've been hearing, you know, the lack of chatter that I've been hearing about. I think you've got a group of ca- of hardcore fans. There's probably about a 1,000 of them total. They're all on social media who really care about this team, and everybody else is just going like, I'm not going to waste my time until I believe that they are are going to actually play the season together. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it'll just take a couple of weeks. If they win for a couple of weeks, people people want to buy in. So it doesn't take a lot to turn them around, but you're going to have to show them something before anybody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And certainly uh, those numbers for tickets uh, are a lot. I mean, that's, you know, we're talking that's less than half of face value for most of those seats. And it's the first game of the season Woo. on a Saturday night. On a Saturday. Against the Knicks. Like, this is not... That that ticket moves in January, a Saturday night against the Knicks, much less opening night. Uh, real problem, and, and that's something that this team is going to have to address. And you're going to have to... If you've got season tickets, I think you're going to have to go this year for at least a while. I think you're going to have to go. And I am excited... To go, because I like going to NBA games, Mm -hmm. and I love watching Zion Williamson play basketball, and I pray that he plays a lot of games, uh, but I definitely don't have faith that he's going to do it. I don't know if uh, more casual fans would feel the same way, but even though the injuries thus far have not been to superstars, it did immediately take the wind out of my sails. Yeah, the fact that Trey Murphy's out for a long period really stinks. Yeah, I mean, and are we are we going to have a season where we see Brandon Ingram and Zion for the majority of it, and everyone else is injured? Yeah, that would be a new twist. <laughs> that would be an interesting way for the voodoo doll to get you know tw- uh, you know slapped around a different direction. I mean, I'm I'm very excited. I'm on board from the get go, but I I just kind of feel like I know what's coming. Yeah, and I and that is. Uh, you know, the old fool me once, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to continue to get my hopes up about something when I know what ultimately this is probably going to look like. And look, maybe they're healthier. Maybe they're good. They've certainly got enough talent to win games and do things. And But they've done nothing to really drastically change the roster in two years. And simultaneously, they have uh, gone through this offseason without any buzz and yeah. so i get like nationally there's Other no than buzz cody zeller yeah <laughs> coming to the but, team but even nationally there's no buzz not like people are picking them to be high they're not some sleeper team it just they're completely off the map they're uh, as anonymous as it gets despite the fact they have zion who is a giant superstar mm-hmm. or at least who was a giant superstar on the team but he's been through hell the entire offseason all that anybody's talked about is the fact that he can't stay healthy and that he's you know 
He likes ladies, I guess. That's a huge problem. Um, so that's where we're at. And I think the Pelicans are going to be okay. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But to say that is like, what does it matter? Yeah. Right? If you were a younger man, would you try and slip a photo of Cody Zeller into your <laughs> Tinder profile? <laughs> And just play it off. <laughs> my bald brother, my my bald brethren, Cody Zeller. Yes, that. Uh, and there's some. Uh, uh, there's there's gonna be two white guys on the Pelicans. That's exciting. It's a big day for Pelicans Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> a huge moment for those North Shore pals. That's that's who it's a... a guy who is unfortunately named Matt Ryan. <laughs> Um, man, it is. Did you watch how many minutes of the preseason no, did you watch? Total? No, none. <laughs> did you watch any preseason? Game? I mean, not live. Yeah, I watched, uh, you know, the the highlight reels <laughs> afterwards. I think I watched one half of yeah. one game. That's as much as I saw. But even I'm talking, I haven't heard interviews with them with the local media. I haven't I, nothing. It just feels so quiet am i like crazy am i just completely just in my is my head in a different space i think everyone's just is? blocked you that's possible right <laughs> that's probably the most logical explanation is that everyone has blocked me i mean this you know i follow the account like the the fan groups and the official team site and they're okay they're into they're it. in it okay you know to the level that they are yeah hey, it just every, seems like even that's down yeah it seems like everybody's kind of faking it. I think you've been blocked. Maybe I've just been blocked. That's certainly possible. Believe me, after my Twitter performance during that Saints game, I would have blocked me too. I enjoyed it. I was refreshing the feed <laughs> like I was trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. It was just a tirade of like a temper tantrum. It reminded me of the good old days <laughs> when I'd be on there with you calling for blood. And that's, uh, you know, it's part of what makes this Pelicans thing so kind of blah, is that even if they lose, I'm not going to get that upset about it, I don't think. It's not. I think you will. Maybe. I just, I get why they are where they are. You can't give Mm -hmm. up. No one wanted to trade for Zion. No one wants to trade for Brandon Ingram. You got a million picks, but they're all pretty bad. And it's like, what are you going to do? You sort of have to hope this works. And so that's all they can do is just kind of hope this works. And you won't really know that for a period of time. And so here we are talking to each other, and it's like, what is there to say? They just have no – the storyline is very hard to wrap your arms around and get fired up about. Like, if they were just going through a full rebuild and they were, you knew they were going to be a 25-win team, I almost think that would be easier to uh, embrace entering a season because yeah. you would at least kind of have an I- identity and know what you are. This team could finish anywhere from 11th to 3rd, and none of it would really shock me. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a weird place to be. Yeah. I'm just – I just want to get it started. I'm saying the same thing I did before the Saints. You know, yeah. it's out of my hands. I want it to get started. Yeah. And I'll be along for the ride. And I want to watch Zion. I'm in on Zion. I just want to see I love him. I want to see him in a game that matters. I know. I really I just everything about him now 
just makes me really want to like him. The fact that he's not having any fun in the, the media now. The fact that he's mean now. The means... fact that he just is like snarling and he's like, I hate everyone. I feel you, brother. Yeah. I also hate everyone. It's better. Yeah. It's uh, it's realistic. Yeah. All of it feels so much more authentic. You should hate everybody. Him. Take yeah. it out on the rim, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully he's learned to shoot from like four feet this year. But Maybe. who knows? It's possible. It could happen. Sure. He's looking good. He's looking good. He's out there. We'll see. Uh, so, yes, Pelicans versus Memphis on Wednesday. Knicks and then Warriors by the time we get back to talk to you. And all this uh, talk of not knowing anything, we will have very definitive, mm-hmm. firm opinions after three games in an 82-game season. Don't you worry about it. I'm looking forward to being correct. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, We'll change gears, get into a little bit of local breakdown. It's It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> Don't bring that New Orleans mess to Kenner. Mm-mm. That is what the Kenner PD said loud and clear. After arresting Chris Olave for mm. going 35 miles over the speed limit in a uh, Kenner neighborhood, um, I looked it up on the map. It seemed like a pretty nice place. It seemed like the kind of place where if you tell the police, hey, people are speeding in this neighborhood, that they send police there <laughs> to <laughs> look for it. And then ara- I didn't I didn't really know you could get arrested for speeding. Yeah. It was like 100 miles over the speed limit. Yeah. Um, or if there's like smoke billowing out of the car. Yeah, so they, they nabbed him. They have uh, body camera footage, which was odd. <sighs> uh, you know, Chris Olavi was kind of like, uh, hey, guys, uh, thanks for pulling me over. I'm a New Orleans saint. And they're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> they're like, that's even worse. I, I think the I think the police officer actually said and. Yeah, which is a kind of a perfect response. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm a police officer. And that's why I'm arresting you. Um, that was a little silly. I mean, you know, Kenner is... Kenner PD is definitely trying to say, mm, we got somebody from yeah. the bad city. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. A speeding ticket, arrest, that's not going to result in anything, right? I, how could it? I mean, he's, he was going 35 over, they're saying. And he was, was, I think he was going 70 in a 35. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not good uh, to go 70. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the neighborhood. It seemed like a nice neighborhood, like by the water. Yeah. So. He's probably he going li- to the treasure he chest. He lives in the treasure chest casino. <laughs> I don't know where he lives. He's um, going to hang out with the chain smokers in the treasure chest. I was out and about in Kenner last night around 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. I'm surprised I didn't see this hullabaloo. You could have made a lot of money if you'd gotten hit by Chris Olave. If only he had sped into the Sonic <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. I could have met him. He could have had some cherry limeade all over you and made a couple million dollars. Uh, but yeah, so we're arresting football players. Not that football players shouldn't be held to the same laws as everyone else, but we're arresting them for speeding. And uh, in Orleans Parish, I think the jail is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're keeping track at home, that's Marcus May's been arrested on the road. Chris Olave's been arrested on the road. 
Alvin Kamara arrested for beating the living piss out of someone in an elevator. Uh, am I missing anybody else who's been arrested recently? Uh, has Granderson been? That was a while ago, but yes, yes, I believe that was some sort of bad assault. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, go, go saints. I don't think, I don't, I I don't think that will affect the saints whatsoever. Uh, Uh, no, no, a speeding ticket. Come on. Maybe a fine. Yeah. Come on. I don't know. Come on. Do you speed? You seem like you would speed. Uh, Only because I'm texting. (laughs) (laughs) well uh you have to speed so you don't get carjacked yeah i think that's the ultimate uh deterrent uh don't worry another break in the jason williams case they arrested two additional people that were involved in the carjacking uh this now is uh going to be the only carjacking case that gets solved Right? Yes. This is going to be the only one that does. Unquestionable. There was a story. We just need more famous people getting carjacked or more people directly in law enforcement. I believe <laughs> I've said on the show before that like like a famous person is going to get like kidnapped, mm-hmm. shot, something like that in New Orleans. And and we're, we're getting closer and closer to it. Uh, but during uh, since the last time we filmed uh, one of the carjackers. Uh, whenever they went to arrest him, said, ha ha, I got one of you guys. <laughs> Something along, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he was like, hey man, yeah, I, I, I got one of you. You know, it was Newman smoking. What took you so long? Yeah. Oh, the breadcrumbs were right there. I also read that the only uh, they only got like a mile out. So part of the reason they were able to get the car back and all that stuff is because Jason Williams still had the key fob in his pocket, oh, okay. and so it never made it out of the car, and therefore it only went like a mile before they were unable to use it. So okay. kind of surprising that doesn't happen more often. That doesn't count as the police finding the vehicle. No, that does not. That's they a, don't get to count that one. No, no. That do, but to be fair, if it was you or my car that got a mile, they'd never find they it. They would be <laughs> long gone. Did it turn in, uh, left? Uh, we're not going there. To go look for it. So it says on Tuesday, uh, police arrested a juvenile and an 18-year-old uh, in relation to the carjacking and in a separate carjacking that same night. I'm not going to say any of their names because maybe they listen. Yeah. Maybe they'll come kill me. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be the only carjacking that has consequences. Yeah, very unfortunate for them, quite honestly. But maybe it will be good for... All the other would-be 15-year-old carjackers <laughs> that read the newspaper, they're just going to go, oh, my friend is gone. They're not going <laughs> to. Where did Steve go? He's in prison forever. Okay. Why? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they'll even get to the prison forever. It's just he's not here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, But at least they didn't get trapped in the fog, right? Dude, the fog... I mean, how scary is it? First off, can New Orleans go one week without making national news? It's incredible the string of like wildfires we've got now. I'm Lester Holt should not be like on my street every two weeks. <laughs> I've never heard of super fog. No. I don't know if it has existed before. Yeah. 
but I mean, it was it was horrific. It was insane. It was like a it was like a movie. It was like Independence Day. This footage of people is over 150 cars. I think it was near like the Man Shack exit. So mm. I guess they were all going to Middendorf's. And the I-55, right? In the, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was wild. Like seven people died. It seemed like the 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 death toll like kept rising. It was, originally it was one, and the last I heard it was seven. It's over 150 cars. I mean, the road is completely shut down. Yeah, they're towing people out like last the the closest people, obviously. So the people that like just got there get out quickly. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you, I mean. Where are these cars going? Like, do you think a junkyard in Manchac is equipped to handle 155 <laughs> totaled vehicles? I know some guys who know what to do with a vehicle. <laughs> get it out of that. Get it out of there in a hurry. Just, just send the beacon signal up to New Orleans and be like, "Hey, we've got cars. Does anyone want one?" <laughs> I mean, this is all I could picture was like, "I'm going to be on my way to my job at Arby's." And I'm gonna get in a hundred fifty-five <laughs> car pileup. I guess. I mean, w- I'm not like I'm not laughing at how terrible no, this it's was. No, it's tragedy. But but Jesus Christ, I know. super fog. You're like, really just waiting for the frogs to start falling from the sky. Yeah, it's like we had a saltwater wedge. We have you know what a, a power outages on the reg. We've got you know, everything. Hurricanes, not to mention, I mean, every literally a week we, ago it was salt water. Yeah, you, now it's you, super far. You can't even think up disasters anymore. They just, just occur heat domes. Just you can't even imagine what's occurring inside the city yeah, at all times. And that reminds me, I went to Funk Fest and saw salt water and super fog. They were really good. <laughs> um, it's just I don't know what's next. Locusts, I suppose they're gonna take out the firstborn. Uh, we're we're, we're on our way to plagues to Blake City, yes. As Thanksgiving uh, comes rolling at us, but it was uh, a very odd. It also just smelled terrible for yeah. two days. There's a for our listeners who might not be from the area. The super fog is regular fog combined with. Uh, marsh fires there's yeah. big marsh fires in new orleans east right now swamp fires it kind of smells like fireworks everywhere you go mm-hmm. in new orleans yeah. and metairie and kenner and on that note i think that's gonna wrap us up for the week we All love right. each and every one of you so very much please stay safe out of the super fog and uh follow us on x at polk and kush uh, email us pokingcush at gmail.com and we'll be here right back next week with all of your uplifting New Orleans sports news. Stick with us, Pokingcush. See ya! <laughs>